Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. Seth, I know that you recently had a chance to be a guest on the Financial Investing Radio Podcast with Grant Larson, and you wanted to share that with your listening audience. What'd you guys talk about? Man, it was a great time, Eric. Uh, Grant and I discussed the seven pillars of private banking strategies, and I, I know for some of our audience that has been with us and on our journey for a long time, it will be a refresher, but there's a lot of folks out there. I think it will be uh, an excellent way to understand what private banking strategies can do for them. Uh, it was a, it was a great podcast, man. I'm, I'm excited because I wasn't there. I didn't hear it yet. So now I get a chance to thank you so much for bringing that to us. You're welcome. And, um, at the end, we'll, we'll tell you guys how to get in touch with us. If you haven't heard of us before and I hope you enjoy it. In this episode, we take a look at the seven pillars to grow your wealth. Welcome to Click AI Radio, where you'll learn the secrets to transforming your small to medium business. Grant has been helping businesses transform using technology for over 30 years. Advanced technologies like artificial intelligence have been available only to large companies and advanced technical teams. Grant will discuss how you can use to leverage AI and other technologies to grow your small to medium business. As a gift, Grant is offering his ebook, AI for Sales Growth, at clickairadio.com. Now, here's your host and biz tech geek, Grant Larson. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Financial Investing Radio. My name is Grant Larson, and today I have in the house one of those unique people that understands some of the fascinating ways to build and protect your wealth. I'm excited to have with me here today, Seth Hicks. Welcome, Seth. Thank you so much, Grant. Glad to be here. So when you reached out to me and you started to say, hey, could we talk? I started to look into what it was you were doing. I mean, I'm hearing words like private banking and asset protection expert. And you hear some of that stuff and you think, oh, wow, do I have to have an advanced degree, right, in financial management to understand this stuff? But what occurred to me is that I've seen some of these principles before. They don't seem to be well known by most. And so what I'm excited about is the opportunity through this channel here for you to continue to get your voice out there and say, here's a way that you can build and protect yourself. So first of all, how did you get into this? Well, I practiced law uh, for about 25 years now and have structured transactions, commercial real estate transactions, business um, acquisitions and sales, kind of help people keep what they make, so to speak. 
Um, and when I met my now partner, Vance Lowe, uh, the principal of private banking strategies, um, it floored me to find how easy it was to make a few changes and effectively do a hundred percent better job. And so what I mean by that is at private banking strategies, we use whole life insurance policies that are structured in a way to have a high cash value and in the appropriate structure and appropriate jurisdiction, they're statutorily exempted and protected, um, much like a homestead in certain states and many of the same states. So, for example, Grant, in southern states, you've got a, a, a post-Civil War era um, legislation where wow. it, go, they, it goes that far back post-civil war. Does. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. So private banking goes back as far as, uh, civil war era. And even b before that it, it precedes branch banking. It precedes the, uh, the type of current culture banking that we have and the post-civil war era statutes protected their, their citizens, the state citizens from, northern carpet bagging so for example uh, yeah for so for like example in in texas and oklahoma and florida and a, a lot of those states uh south of the mason dixon line you have laws that protect uh homesteads so in the event that there's a, a liability and someone has a, a homestead that they've declared it is 100 protected from being taken from them and that was a a, a product of the civil war. So let me ask and you this. So, when you talk about, ha you know, protection from having it taken, I'm assuming you're talking about scenarios like maybe bankruptcy scenario or, or something else where you owe other people, but you've got this protective layer that no one could actually come in and take that foundation from you. Is that right? That's right. A lot of our clients, um, you know, higher net worth, some of some are ultra high net worth, many are blue collar, but they have uh, created strategies to keep what they make. I mean, no one wants to effectively work hard to earn money and then and then lose it. Um, so those type of folks who gravitate towards structures where they're able to keep what they make. So, for example, if you've got a, a homestead uh, in Texas or in Florida and you want to use it as a vault and you don't have any debt on it and you're able to pay the property taxes year after year, then it is 100 percent exempted from creditors or from outside taking. So, to so, so that's an important baseline is that it does need to be debt free. You have to have no mortgage on that or any liens against that. Would that be right? Sure. Yeah. If you've got a, if you've got a, uh, you know, a, a loan with a, a traditional bank, they have a right to uh, the mortgage payments or, yeah. and so they will effectively uh, if not paid foreclose on that. And those rights are obviously superior, but if, if you're, if you're in a position where you're able to uh, for example, use your own private bank, um, through the cash value in your own policies and purchase and acquire your home or other assets through that entity, you would do the same uh, structure. I mean, obviously your bank and part of the cycle is getting the money back. And okay. that's something that the Vance prides himself on is teaching people how to get the money back. You've probably heard some of that in your 
private banking. That's one of the reasons that people do it. They effectively take the banking equation back into their own lives. Back into their own. They become the bank. So is the flow something like this? You get one of these whole life policies. It takes some time for you to build up some cash value, but then that cash value becomes something you can leverage and use for either purchasing other assets or leveraging it in other investments, uh, so to speak. And that has some protection wrapped around it. Is that what you're describing? That's exactly what I'm describing. And like I said, a lot of our clients are are higher net worth or Mm -hmm. even ultra high net worth. And when they capitalize their bank, they are they are able to do um, a, a lot more with it right out of the gate. But for the blue collar guy, you're right. It's a it's a steady increase that you use. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks use this as a retirement strategy because the ins and outs are not a taxable event. And if any of the audience wants to dig on that, it's Internal Revenue Code seventy seven zero two, and what that basically outlines is that your whole life policies, your your cash in and your cash out are not taxable events. So compare that with like an IRA or a 401k that someone's been socking money into. When you take those distributions, well, if you, if you take them too soon, you're penalized. You're penalized. If you take, if you, yeah, if you take them yeah. too late, you're penalized. Yeah. And, but if you take them right in that the right time, you're still paying taxes on you're it. You're still paying taxes on it. So every single cash transaction on the cash value, no tax, no taxation on that. Correct. Right? That's, yeah. that, that's, that's amazing. How, do, how does amazing. a blue collar person or someone that's not ultra, how do they get started then? Is it, is it, I hate to say as simple as, but is it as simple as getting started with your whole life policy earlier in your life than later so you can begin building out that cash value? Is, is that the number one thing or what else would you do? You know, I wouldn't say age is the number one um, determinative factor. In fact, we've got an article and, and a podcast that we produced that says, you know, you're never too old to start private banking. And here's why. Hmm. And we go through the outlines, the, the benefits and values, which include asset protection, tax-free growth, financial privacy, um, no taxation on the legacy value. So if you're leaving a high value to heirs and benefits, beneficiaries, you don't pay any taxes on that transaction, even if it's a uh, ultra high. So there's some value there, depending on uh, what your primary motivations and focus are. Um, And the age, of course, if you start earlier, you're going to accrue a much greater and higher value as you, you know, as you go year after year. But let me give you an example. We've got one of um, our favorite uh, clients is is a, is a woman in Texas who was a single mom, and she started out with a five thousand dollar annual uh, whole life policy, okay. and she made she made that contribution for a few years, and and then used that cash value to uh, as a down payment into an investment property. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. So she purchased this investment property as, and then she also had third-party financing, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she began to develop cash flow from that, and she paid her bank, her private bank, back. And as that cash value increased and increased, she did the exact same thing. She rinsed and and repeated the process with the second investment property, and now she has a million-dollar equity 
portfolio in real estate wow. from where she started at $5,000 leverage. Now we've been, you know, she's had the benefit of an appreciating real estate market. She's had sure. good investments, but it illustrates the principle that you can actually start in that small of an amount and, and multiply that seed into something that really brings a large harvest. That's fascinating. One of the things I noticed um, from you was, I think you called it the seven pillars of private banking strategies. Can, can you speak to that for a moment? What are those? Sure. Sure. The first, the first pillar we've been talking about is asset protection. And the second pillar is tax-free growth. Um, which is, we also reference that, compare that to a 401k or an IRA, um, you may have tax-free growth inside, but you're going to pay taxes when it comes out. And we've got some illustrations that kind of compare those two things and show you, you know, which comes out ahead. And it may look like a contributions from an employer and other matching proceeds will come out ahead, but in, over time, they really don't. So you've, with inside the policy, you've got compounding growth and you've got uh, uh, a tax-free growth mm -hmm. and you've got a financial privacy. Third pillar is financial privacy. Whereas compare that to um, a bank, for example, who uh, has to KYC, know their customer, know your customer. They want to understand you know, every aspect of money right. in and money out. You go and try to take out or put in uh, a large cash sum, for example, a five ten thousand dollar cash sum into your Wells Fargo or Bank of America account, and they want to, you know, cross-examine you on fifty questions about why you're using cash. Where right. you know that that doesn't happen in a private contract with the life insurance companies mm -hmm. that we use. It it's totally private, and they don't raise their hand and go, "Hey, there's a large transaction in or out." And they're not required to by the IRC 7702. Not a real, then they're not really staffed for that either, right? I mean, it's just not part of their business model, right? It's not part of their business model, no. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and it's interesting to point out, this is kind of a little sidebar, but the largest um, players or the largest clients of the life insurance companies are the centralized banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America. I think the last time I looked at, uh, Wells Fargo has a 20 plus billion dollar annual premium for life insurance policies that they hold on employees and, wow. and others. So if, Oof. you know, it gives you some insight. <laughs> That's huge. Okay. So, right. So asset protection, tax-free growth, tax-free growth, financial privacy, privacy. A, a big, big one is velocity of money. And so what's that, velocity of money? We described that a little bit in, in the, the example that I gave our audience with the woman who started with a $5,000 premium. And then when she had enough to make a down payment on an investment property, she did so. And so she, she paid a premium dollar into the whole life policy. She borrowed that same dollar out to make a down payment. She purchased a piece of real estate with that dollar. She got a rental dollar back from the uh, tenant and she paid her bank back on the note and deed of trust. And that's the velocity of money. It's the multiple touches within your own economy of the same dollar. And I mean, I'm simplifying it there with $1, but that's effectively the transaction. Yep. 
Now that, and like so, you said earlier, it's a, it's the rinse and repeat principle, right? Meaning absolutely. she's put it out, she's uh, liquidated it, used it, acquired some capital back, repaid herself, and now she's she's reset to do again, right? That's absolutely. That's With, and every wow. dollar that she, she pays back into her bank, uh, Grant, it increases the cash value dollar for dollar. So you've got that that loan from your bank coming out. And when you recycle that rental cash flow back in or that business cash flow or that cryptocurrency sell or whatever your investment might be back into your bank, your cash value goes right back up to, to whatever you've put in it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so you and I both know that banks, they make money by lending money. Mm -hmm. So Wells Fargo with, and Bank of America and Chase and these large centralized banks, they put their money to work by making good loans. Yeah. They make loans that are secured. They make loans that are collateralized. And they ultimately, they, they want that cash flow with an interest rate. Well, right. it's the same principle with your own private bank. And you want to make a good loan uh, to the borrower whether it's your business, whether it's your uh, brother, whether it's whatever, a third party, you want to make a good loan, make sure it's collateralized and secured and that you've got an investment cash flow and an ROI on that loan coming back to your bank. And as that cash flow increases again, you do the same thing. So you begin to think like a banker. Yeah. You think like a, a banker. Yeah. Yeah. You think well, which like is a awesome because that's so liberating, right? To people to, to be able to be on that side of the table, right? Uh, make, making those choices. All right. And then what's the fifth? Uh, so there were seven. So that was four. What's the fifth one? Um, the, well, are you looking at the. Uh, the yeah, I'm looking at your seven pillars. pillars. So, uh, yeah, there's seven that you'd put in there. So, guaranteed, you got guaranteed financing. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah. financing. So let's say that you're that you've 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 done like our our hypo example with the woman there, and she's gone through a number of years. But she only started with five thousand, remember? Yeah. But now let's say that she's got a hundred thousand in uh, total cash value, and she's in a state like Texas where you can buy an investment property for a hundred thousand, or she could lever into multiple properties on like an 80-20 split, for example. Mm. You know, she could buy five properties with 20% down and put 20,000 down on five properties that cost $100,000, finance the, the, the other 80%, and she's building cash flow on all five of those and actually getting a much higher ROI. Mm -hmm. And in, in that example, um, what you, you know, what she would be doing was effectively using leverage to increase the ability to invest in multiple assets. And when her cash value stacks up high enough, she could take out the third party lenders or mm -hmm. she could continue to use that strategy of leverage. And that really depends on someone's, their own risk tolerance, their own uh, investment strategy. Some folks, they, you know, they, they're going to eliminate those third party loans mm -hmm. and they're going to take that cash value and just totally take out the third party debt. And mm -hmm. so the only debt that would remain on that particular real estate asset would be their, uh, their own private bank. Yeah. So the guaranteed financing part means you don't go to the bank and you don't have to qualify. You don't have to uh, go through any type of, uh, you know, 
Yeah, because you're the bank. Yeah, you're the bank. Yeah. yeah. So you make sure you look that guy in the mirror and you make sure that you're making a good loan on a good asset and you do that. So, but I describe the principle of leverage because a lot of times people get ahead on that concept of leverage right. as opposed to just buying one property for a hundred thousand dollars. And let's say you're making two thousand a month, you got twenty-four thousand in gross cash flow versus uh, you know, if you spread that across five properties five and you properties. got 24,000 times five Life. in cash flow. So, you know, and you're able to just knock those debts out a lot faster. Oh, so yeah. that's the velocity of money and guaranteed financing working together. Do you see yourself in that story? Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue, but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Are you ready for help? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Yeah, and, re and replenish much faster. Okay, all right, number six and seven, what are those on your seven pillars? So guaranteed compounding tax-free growth is the part inside your policy that, that that cash value and your premium dollars, they are compounding inside the policy annually and there's no taxable event. And okay. so I think it was Einstein who said the, you know, the compounding interest is one of the eighth wonder of the world or, <laughs> or, or something along that line. And if you're not, you're not getting compounding interest, um, then you're making a mistake. Mm -hmm. So you don't get compounding interest in your centralized banks. You don't get uh, compounding interest in, in various other investments or formats, but in this, these policies you do. So that's, that, that's something that is very distinguishable. And it also takes out the market risk with your yeah. policies and the values in there, you're not subject to market risk. So this is not universal life. This is not indexed uh, universal life or any type of risk transfer to the, uh, the owner of the policy or to you, us. You're not taking on market risk. But in those types of uh, policies, universal life or index universal life, UIL, you, you are taking on market risk. And You're one of the that things, that's right. And so this and so is people, about being in control of the risk, right? That's sort absolutely. of the fundamental aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're going to use your cash value and put it to work in investment, uh, you should be the one that's able to identify that risk and not have it subject to equity market risk. So it never goes backwards. You're going to only see uh, a steady prodding forward with this compounding growth. And after a certain number of years, it starts to go more parabolic. And that's, that's really the beauty of this and the magic of it. Some folks, they, they, they lock this stuff up for retirement strategy and, you know, some are using it for the leverage. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've seen some uh, financial people describe that risk control paradigm with a, with a pyramid, right? And they'll describe it, you know, in the, in the manner that you want to have more control. So you start, you start, you should start these sort of strategies first and get that established. And then, and then over time, as you go up the pyramid, you have less control over it, higher risk, potentially higher returns, but that might be 
where you're doing some of your, you know, trading or investing or self-directed activities. And, and a lot of people invert that pyramid, right? They right. say, well, they'll start with that self-directed trading or investing. It's a, you know, high risk, low control, and then blow out what capital they have when instead turn that the other way around, start with these foundational approaches that you're describing and then build on top of that. Does that make any sense? Amen. It absolutely does. Sometimes we'll, we'll describe that as, uh, you know, hare and tortoise uh, <laughs> paradigm. And mm-hmm. some people go, well, this isn't, you know, I can make this much here. You know, sure. I can make 12% over here. I can make 15%. Well, no, you really can't over 30 years. Right. And likely there's going to be a risk factor there that may blow you out totally. Yeah. And the and loss of control it, that. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, yep. you've got this third party risk whenever you've got, uh, you know, a transfer of your money to someone else, that's, uh, you know, you've got that risk, that counterparty risk. Whereas this, um, these insurance companies, uh, they don't fail. I mean, they've been paying dividends uh, since before the Civil War, year after mm-hmm. year, through the Great Depression, through the Civil War, through every economic upturn and downturn that there is. And it's, it's just and one of the reasons why, Grant, is because there's a cash reserve requirement of one-to-one, as opposed to a cash reserve requirement at a, at a Wells Fargo of maybe 10% or less. Yeah. So they take, a, they take a dollar in deposit and they're able to lend out 10 mm-hmm. or perhaps even 50, depending on what their total um, asset base is. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's funny math. That is. You know, it, 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 you just print money out of thin air and then they're able to loan the, the, the printed money at an interest rate and they're making money on something they never even received never, or created. Yeah, they received. Fascinating, right? I, the, before I ever heard about this approach or this technique, one, I have to tell you my origin story of learning about this for the first time. It was my wife was driving our minivan. It was when our kids were little and she was backing out of the garage and kids were bouncing around everywhere. And, um, uh, you know, I would have made the same mistake, but she wasn't watching. And uh, she was turning around talking to the kids. Hey, kids, sit down. She backs out and just whacks the mirror off of the side of the house, right, on the minivan. And so, you know, I, I come home from work. She's like, many <laughs> the mirrors hanging off the side. So I look at it and go, well, and it was a really old minivan, really old minivan. And I was like, well, okay, let me go get it fixed. And so I took it over to the dealer and I had this thought go through my mind. And the thought was, wait, rather than, because at the time, I think auto loans were going at like 4% or 5% or something like that. And at the time, our, our house had been paid off, but I decided to take out a home equity loan to do some fix-ups on the home. And it was running, the interest rate at that time was like half a percent on this home equity loan. And so I'm in there uh, looking at uh, getting the car fixed and I'm in a dealer. And all of a sudden I go, let me go look at the floor, you know, showroom. And I walk over, you know, I pull out my home equity checkbook and I just, pay for it right there. Boom. And I get this car. Of course, still today, it's a joke. If dad goes to fix the mirror, comes home with the new car. <laughs> so I come back with the with this car and the whole way I'm driving back thinking, I'm a banker. 
man, I just, I'm a banker. I just, I just floated this thing myself and uh, got home and, and of course, got, you know, paid that off at a much less interest rate. A few years after that, I heard this principle you're talking about, you've been discussing here and it clicked. I went, wait, wait, that's kind of what I did, right? But it wasn't using a whole life, but it, the whole principle is let's put the people in charge, right? Not, not some other policy or program that uh, large organizations are bestowing upon you, but rather put us, the people in the driver's seat, so to speak, and be able to make those decisions themselves. And I think that that's really uh, liberating, if that's a good absolutely. word. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And that that's exactly the same principle is you're, you're taking back the banking equation. You're becoming, you're operating a private family bank that has generational value and, and has, you know, where you are able to touch the same dollars that you make uh, multiple times, like we described in one of our examples. And, and that velocity really accelerates your wealth curve. And without the taxation issues and without the, uh, the asset protection risk, you, you, you know, you're able to transfer assets generation to generation and, and take a, a whole nother, uh, opens up a whole nother doorway. Wow. And so that brings us to our, our seventh pillar, which is legacy value and the tax-free transfer of uh, these policies and the death benefits to uh, the next generation. Next generation. Wow. Yeah, ta- tax-free. Yes. So think about this, for example. There's a guy who most people know named Prince and the, or the artist formerly known as Prince. He was a pop rock yeah. Uh, singer, pretty, pretty well known. Yeah. And he, he died uh, not too long ago with an estate value of about $200 million. Okay. And he was a resident of Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, ironically. And he had no uh, private banking structure in place. He had really no estate tax planning structures in place. And between the federal government and the state of Minnesota, they took over $100 million of that $200 million and in taxation, in estate taxes. And his beneficiaries and heirs, you know, are left holding the short end of the stick um, that none of that would have occurred with proper planning or that same money in a private banking uh, situation. And then I've heard, I was reading some um, articles on Susie Orman, who's a supposed financial guru. And she talks about uh, private banking on occasion. And she um, she really has no concept of what it really does. And in this interview article with the guy from New York Times, she says, you know, I'm so uh, worried or, or concerned about my my partner being left with less than half of my estate. And I think at the time of the article, she worth about 65 million. And so her partner, she said, is going to, you know, have, have to, to, you know, take 30 million or whatever, instead of 35. And she didn't know how to overcome that problem. And I thought, this is really unbelievable in the sense that it, it's such an easy solution. Yep. And we kind of, we talked about this uh, kind of off, off recording about it's literally the stroke of a pen that mm-hmm. you can accomplish these values and these benefits, the seven pillars without having to be uh, you know, a black belt in, in any particular 
uh, one one realm. Yeah, yeah so you don't have to put, be a financial genius. You just yeah. have to know that that's available, that it's there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you enter the policies, yeah. you fund your policies, you keep funding your policies, and you enjoy the these benefits. It's it's really not rocket science. It's mm-hmm. it's more just of learning that it's there, and it uh, it it blew my mind. It was an epiphany to me yeah. having practiced law for decades. And then, and then seeing this was available, I, I thought it can't be that easy. It can't be that easy to, to with the stroke of a pen to protect assets, but it is, I mean, it's, it's codified law and these awesome. contracts grant are, it's worth mentioning that they're, they are regulated state by state. So each state has their own statutes that govern the, the the law, the protection. Your ability of, to protect it, right? So some exactly. states better than others or worse, Ab- right? Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like the post-Civil War era statutes in Southern states. They protect their citizens' life insurance policies. They protect their citizens' homesteads many times in comparison to other Northern states or Western states. Yeah, and so we, it wow. is. Wow, that's huge. Okay, so... All right. Uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation. If you were to point people to a place to go to learn more about this, Seth, where are you going to point them to? It's really easy. You, you go to our website, privatebankingstrategies.com. That's privatebankingstrategies.com. And therein, you're going to find a, uh, an offer. You can read a book that we wrote that, that tells you uh, about secrets that banks don't want you to know effectively. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to call it a red pill book and it spots issues that people may or may not be aware of. And it's, it's it amazes me how many folks don't really understand what the banking uh, uh, folks are doing to them, you know, and, and with regards to mortgage rates, with regards to all sorts of issues, you just, so this red pill book is something that pops up there for you and you put your contact information, your name and your email in, and you can listen to the book on audio or you can take it in a written form. And that's really the, where we start. Um, on our website, Grant, we've got a pretty wide volume of resources from podcasts that dive into particular pillars or how, to, how the banking operates to wow. blog articles and then our emails that, that will come to you also address certain issues like the Dodd-Frank Act and what how, why does that matter to you? Why does that matter? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Are are your are your uh, you know is your cash safe in in a, in a centralized bank? Why or why not? Um, you know, are there simple things that you can do to prote- protect yourself? So we try to add value in those emails that come out to folks. We try to help them make a decision uh, that this is, you know, for them or, or, or not for them. And it's really that simple. So you just hit the website, privatebankingstrategies.com. Uh, okay. You can have the book for free, all the podcasts, all the emails for free. And if those things resonate with you, then you can schedule an exploratory call with Vance and, and start to get uh, into the, the, the nitty gritty of it. Into what it means. Wow. Absolutely. Seth, thank you so much for taking the time here today with us and, and with our audience here. Very enlightening. It uh, feels like we're popping out of the matrix, right? Uh, with, the, with the red pill there. I love the analogy. Uh, thanks again for joining and for going over this today. Everyone, take a look at what it is that uh, Seth is talking about. 
privatebankingstrategies.com. Thanks again for joining in everybody. And until next time, become your own private banker. Thank you, Grant. Thank you for joining Grant on Click AI Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and leave feedback. And remember to download your free ebook. Visit clickairadio.com now. Seth, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that with your listening audience. Yeah, we had a great time with Grant Larson and just want to let everybody know how they can get in touch with us, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go to our website at privatebankingstrategies.com. That's privatebankingstrategies.com. And there you're going to be uh, given a gift that we offer all of our uh, folks who visit us. And that's a red pill book that teaches you some of the secrets the, of how to beat the banks and how to grow your wealth um, outside the normal box. Um, in, in exchange for your email and contact information, we you can listen to that book either uh, on audio or you can read it in a written form. And then we'll continue to send you value-added emails that spot issues that you may or may not be aware of. And we've got blog articles on our website. And then some of the best resources that we've done are with you, Eric, and our podcast. And you can f- access all of those uh, on our website or in various other uh, streaming means basically whatever your preference is. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're on everything. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> so just want to make that available to our listening audience. And ultimately, if those things are resonating with you, the book, and you've listened to some podcasts and you're like, man, I, I really want to get get into this, then you schedule a call with my partner, Vance Lowe. And, and those uh, schedule uh, calendar links are in every email that we send. Perfect. So the emails that we send are the ways you can schedule a call. Fantastic. Seth, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And of course, the last thank you is always for your listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this special edition of the Private Banking Strategies podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Vance and Seth come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Private Banking Strategies, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Thank you for listening to the Private Banking Strategies podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of private banking strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.